God, we thank you for that. And Lord, we just ask that you would continue to fill this place with your presence today. Bless everyone that has come today. Just bless everyone in the building, God. Lord, I know that there are some that have come this morning with great need, desperate need. And God, you are their answer. You are their answer. And God, we just ask that today that you show yourself powerful and strong, that you would be glorified, that every need would be met. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. All right, so you can be seated. Uh, all the kids, this is Fifth Family Sunday, so all the kids are staying upstairs. We do have nursery and the three-year-old class open uh, downstairs in the kids' zone, but all the kids are staying upstairs today other than that, and we're excited to have you. Uh, a lot of exciting things happening at the river over the next couple weeks. So today is Fifth Family Sunday. Next Saturday is our back-to-school bash. Uh, from 11 to 2 in the parking lot and we're going to be giving away all these backpacks and school supplies and a lot of great things going on there if you uh, can please make it you want to be here for that bring your kids to that and then next Sunday is our back to school service and we're going to be praying over all the kids as they get ready to go back to school amen so um, I'm ask uh, Payson to read our scriptures for us this morning out of Colossians so you ready? Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He exists before anything else was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made it the things we can't see, things we can't see and things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He exists before anything else and holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all, rise from the dead. He is the first in everything. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Payson. Give Payson a hand. Amen. Amen. So that was out of Colossians chapter 1. And so last week we talked about the character of God. If you were here and how important it is for us to understand the character of God, know the character of God, know that who God is so that in those hard times, we know his heart. We know that he is a good God, that he's for us, he's with us, he's on our side. The Bible says if God is for us, who can be against us, right? And so when we know what kind of God we're serving, that he's a good God who loves us, then even when things are hard, even when things are hard, we know that he has our back. We know that he's, he's on our side. So that's important. So this morning we're talking about the power of God. And the big idea is that you can trust in God's power. You can trust in God's power. So Payson did a fantastic job bringing out of Colossians chapter 1. So let me just summarize some of the things there that this, this little passage tells us about God. One, he existed before anything that hurts my brain. That's hard for me to understand, right? That before, because everything that we know has a beginning, has an end, but, but God has no beginning. He, was, he existed before anything. Then it tells us that he created everything. Everything that we see and cannot see, he created, including you. Amen. God created you. 
You're, you're not a biological happenstance. You, you're, God created you. God made you. God created everything. Everything that we know and see was created by God. He set up all the systems and all the authorities that we know. He set up the solar system. He set up the vascular system. He set up the respiratory system. He set up the governmental system. He set up the church. He set up everything, and he's the authority over it all. God is over all and all. Amen? It also tells us that he holds everything together. Amen. So he holds the universe together. He's holding the solar system together. He's holding you together. Right now, you are able to breathe and live because God, by his will, is willing you to be together and alive. And everything that we know, God has, is holding together. That's how powerful he is. It also tells us that he reigns supreme over everything and everyone. So he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the king of the universe. He's the king of all creation. That's how powerful our God is. Amen. And so many times, in many ways, many, many ways, infinite ways, God is always displaying his power to us on the earth. Every time I go to the ocean, man, I'm just blown away by the power of the ocean. And God created that. And when the wind blows... God created that. And when we hear lightning strike and we hear all the power, the, the full things in nature, God created all that. God is displaying his power over and over and over again in our lives. And so this morning, I want us to just look at really three ways that scripture tells us that God displays his power. One, he displayed his power through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Two, he, resur he displays his power through the gospel, the good news of the gospel. And three, he wants to and he does display his power through the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, through us, through me and you. So there's three different ways, through his resurrection, through the gospel, and through us by the power of his Holy Spirit. Those are three things that we're going to talk about this morning, the ways that God displays his power. So, well, first, God displayed his power when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Here's what the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 1. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power, or leader, or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. So I want you to notice the first thing about this, this little line here, this prayer really, is Paul says this, I pray that you understand the greatness of God's power for us who believe. I want you to understand that. I want you to have an understanding of the power. And, and, and so I don't think that we really understand his power. I, I think that we can have a, have a vision of his power. We, we can have a concept of his power. But because his power is infinite, because his power is immeasurable, because his power is something so far above and beyond anything that we could ever imagine, we don't really understand, but Paul's saying it's important that we do understand it. It's important that we have a greater understanding of his power. 
And one of the reasons I think that we need a greater understanding of his power is if we know his character like we talked about last week, and then we understand his power, we should never have a moment of fear. We should never have a moment of anxiety. We should never have a moment where we're nervous because we would understand that by his character, God is good. And he loves us and he wants the best for us and he wants to bless us. And then he has the power to do anything that he wants to do. He has the power to overcome any obstacle. He has the power to win any battle. He has the power to change any circumstance. That's who our God is, right? And so he says here that it's the, this power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. I want you to think about just for a moment. If, if there was ever a time... This is in my estimation. If there was ever a time when Satan wanted to garner all of his forces to accomplish one thing, he's like, demons, forget everything else you're doing. We got one job this weekend. One job. Keep him in the grave. Keep him in the grave. So I believe that he garnered all of, all of his power, all of his resources to do this one thing. Let's keep Jesus in the grave. And God said, nope. Coming out of the grave. You cannot stop him from coming out of the grave. And here's what that should tell us. If Satan could not keep Jesus in the ground, he cannot do anything else that God doesn't want him to do, that God won't allow him to do. So anything in your life that Satan's trying to do, when God says no, it's over. Right? When, no matter what Satan is trying to do, bring sickness, poverty, bring anxiety, bring, bring depression, bring divorce, whatever Satan is trying to bring into your life, Satan cannot do that when God says no. That we, we sometimes get this picture of, you know, here's God, here's the devil, they're opposites. No. Here's God. Down, way down there, little tiny ant is Satan. No comparison. No comparison. So to believe that he has the same power as God is a lie. Yes. Right? It's a lie. And so we need to know that we serve the God who has all the power, has all the authority, who has been Jesus now, has been set at the right hand of the Father, has been given all power, all authority over everything. Amen? And so God showed his power through that. And I notice this. It says, it is power for us. It's power for us. I pray that you understand the greatness of God's mighty power for us who believe. Yes. So that power is for us. When Jesus came out of the grave, that was God displaying his power, doing something to benefit us. It benefited us for Jesus to come out of the grave. But also he's saying that that same power is available to us. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But that power is for you. That power is accessible for you. God makes his power available for us. Amen? And so we need to understand his power. And Jesus is the, is the authority over all things. So here's the thing. God has placed him as the authority over all things. He's the authority over your marriage. He's the authority over your health. He's the authority over your finances. He's the authority over your work, your career, your job, your relationships, your mental health. He's the authority over all that. God has placed him over all those things. So we don't have to worry about bad authority. There's people in governmental places, bad authorities. People pray you work for, bad authority. Right? Jesus is over all those. 
Jesus is overall. He's the, really the true king of kings and Lord of lords. And so we need to trust in God that he has the authority over all things. And by his power and by his character, he's going to be good to his people. And he's going to take care of you. Amen? No matter what the world looks like, right? And so then also, God displays his power through the gospel. I want you to listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 1. He says, first of all, for I am not ashamed of this good news. Now the word good news, or the term good news is, means gospel. It's good news. It's the good news about Jesus. For I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It, being the good news, is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. So here's what I want you to, to see from this. The gospel is God's power. The gospel is the power of God. So what is the gospel? What is the good news? What's he talking about? Let me just summarize it real quick. The gospel is this, that sin entered the world through Adam and Eve when they rebelled against God and then disobeyed him in the Garden of Eden. And from that time forward, sin was in the earth. And we were all born sinners. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. And, and so because of that sin, we were separated from God and we could not make it to heaven. Because sin is... is disgusting to God. You're not disgusting. Your sin is disgusting to God. It's, it's like when you are standing in the presence of someone who's been working in the barn and they have stuff all over their shoes and you smell that stuff and you're like, could you just please? That's sort of how God is with sin because God is holy and righteous and sin re repels him. It, it's, it's repugnant to him. But here's the thing. He loves you. He loves you so much that he said, despite the fact, the Bible says that even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Even while we were yet sinners, God sent his son Jesus to die for us. And when he died on the cross, he shed his blood to pay for all of our sins. All of our sins. And then he went into the grave. Three days later, he came back out victorious like we just read about. He's been set at the right hand of the Father. And now the Bible tells us things like this. You can be a Christian through faith. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you confess him with your mouth and you believe in him with your heart, you'll be saved. That's the good news. Isn't that good news? Man, I am so... Every time I read about this, every time I think about it, I get so excited because I know, I know what kind of person I am. And God even knows more than that. And he could have well said, Mark, man, you're never going to make it. You, you're never going to make it. You're not good enough. But by the blood of Jesus, I can be saved. And you can be saved and we can go to heaven. That's good news. And the Bible says that the good news is the power of God. It's, it's the power of God. And sometimes we overlook that power. We get really excited by, you know, miracles, signs, wonders, healings. We get excited about that. But one of the greatest miracles of all is when he takes someone whose soul and spirit 
is sinful and bound for hell. And he changes that. And the Bible says that when we get saved, that old things are passed away. Everything's made new. We're made a new creation in Christ. That's a powerful miracle. That's the power of God. It takes the power of God to do that. And so we should be excited about those things. And so this power should be displayed in our lives. And God is wanting to display his power through the gospel, through the good news as it plays out in our lives as we become those new creations, as we become those men and women of God day by day, level by level, glory to glory, becoming more and more like Jesus. And then to notice that, that Paul says, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, which would sort of insinuate that some people are. Right? And he says, I'm not ashamed. And here's the thing. Most people on their way to reconciling with Jesus are offended by the gospel at some point in time. And, and here's, let me explain real quick. Some people think the gospel is too inclusive. They think it's too inclusive. They're saying, wait a minute. All you have to do is believe all you have to do is accept Jesus Christ as Lord. All you have to do is call upon his name. All you have to do is confess him as Lord. That's all you have to do. Wait a minute. No, you're not good enough to do that because you've lived this life. You're going to have to really work this thing out. You're going to have to work out all your problems. You're going to have to do this 10-step program. You have to do all these things. So just being able to believe and call upon his name is too inclusive. Other people think it's too exclusive. Because they're thinking, wait a minute, the only way to heaven through Jesus? You're going to tell me Jesus is the only way? And so it seems like it's too exclusive. And so they're offended. They're ashamed of it in both ways. But here's the thing. God created a system in which all of us, all of us could come to Christ. All of us could come to heaven. All of us could make it in. Because I'm going to tell you, I could never work it out. If it had been up to me to work it out and to become perfect, man, I've been done a long time ago, right? But God made a way that we could all come into relationship with him. And so it is inclusive. It includes all of us, but we just have to come through the door of Jesus Christ. Amen. Isn't that good news? That's great news. And so then also, God displays his power through the Holy Spirit in us. So let me just read you a few scriptures this morning about that. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And he goes on to say, And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So when the Holy Spirit comes on us, when we receive the Holy Spirit... We receive the power of God in our life. In Romans chapter 8 verse 11, the Bible says that the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Now we just read a few minutes ago that there was exceeding great power that raised God, Jesus from the grave, right? It was exceeding great power. And now he's saying that same Spirit who raised Christ from the dead 
lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. So here's the thing. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that defeated the devil, defeated death, defeated the grave, lives in you. If you're a believer this morning, the same Holy Spirit. It's not a different Holy Spirit. It's not a watered-down version. It's not B-team Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit lives in you. And the same Spirit that had all that power to get Jesus out of the grave and raise him back to life lives in you. And God wants to display that power to the world through me and you. Amen. Through the power of his Holy Spirit. Bible also says this in Galatians chapter 5. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So here's the thing. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're also able to have and display the character of God. And it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to do that in us. Because listen, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness doesn't always come natural to us. And it takes the power of the Holy Spirit in us to change our minds and our emotions and who we are to where we begin to operate in the fruits of the Spirit. So it takes the power. And so God is wanting to not only display His power through us, but He's wanting to display His character through us. Amen? So let me just talk real quick about the Holy Spirit because it's through the Holy Spirit that we get this power. Yes. Now some of you in this, here in this room this morning are like, I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about, Holy Spirit. Never heard of that. Some of you have said, I've heard about it. I think it's weird. So, some of you don't, don't really know, and you're like, wait a minute. Why are you talking about the Holy Spirit? It's all about Jesus. Yes, it is all about Jesus. But you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, it's better for me to go back to the Father, to heaven, so if I, because if I go back, I can send you the Holy Spirit. That's how powerful it is. That's how important it is for us. And the Bible is very clear about some things about the Holy Spirit. And some of it it's hard to understand. One of the things that we know is that all believers, when you become a born-again Christian, you get the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is inside. You get the Father. You get the Son. You get the, Holy, you get the Trinity inside of you, right? But if you read through the book of Acts, it's also very clear that there's a second thing that comes with the Holy Spirit. There, there is a, you, some people call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some people call it being the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We, we read like a story where Paul goes to Ephesus and he says he meets some disciples. And he said, if, do you all have the Holy Spirit? We go, said, we don't know what you're talking about. And he said, well, haven't you been baptized? He said, I was baptized in John's baptism. So he says, listen, we're, we're going to need to get you re-baptized and, and we need to get you filled with the Holy Spirit. And he says, lay hand, lands, lays hands on them and they begin to speak in tongues and prophesy. And those people had power. Those people then had the power. So, depending on where you're at here this morning, some of you not even sure you know about the Holy Spirit. Some of you are desiring to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some of you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Can I say this to all of us, everyone in the room, including myself? We need more. We need more. The Bible talks about being filled and refilled, being renewed and refreshed. The Bible, the Bible talks about the fact that we can keep going back to the Holy Spirit because we need more and more. So how do we get more? How do we get more? How do we receive this? Here's what the Bible tells us. 
first of all, we have to know Jesus. We have to be a born-again believer. We have to accept the gospel. We have to accept Jesus in our life. And then we need more and more of the Holy Spirit. And here's how it tells us. In Luke chapter 11, it says, So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So here's how we get more. We ask him. We ask him. If the band could come on up. So wherever you're at this morning with the Holy Spirit, wherever you're at, you've never heard of him, this morning you can say, God, I'd like, I'd like the Holy Spirit. You just ask him. If, if you're born again, but you've never received the baptism or the infilling of the Holy Spirit, being filled, you never received the gift of speaking in tongues, you never, and you can ask him this morning. If you've been filled with the Holy Spirit and you speak in tongues every day, you can still get more. Yeah. And we're going to ask him. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Would you all stand with me?